Hello and welcome to Boo's Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Ollie. And we have a little bit of housekeeping before we start. Yeah, we probably should have caught on. I probably should have caught on to this sooner. No, but we. I realized... This is a we. <laughs> I, like, Sam, y'all all know, is the mastermind, the one that keeps the gears turning, and I'm kind of just like a little piggyback. Um, but we. <laughs> I never look at Apple Podcasts, though. So. I don't either. And I don't know what inclined me to look at Apple Podcasts. I think I wanted to check the reviews or something. And we're missing a ton of episodes off of Apple Podcast. And I think that's because we had episode numbers in our in our name. So I went through and I renamed all our episodes. Um, so this is episode 52. I'm keeping myself on track because <laughs> I had to remove everything. Um, so hopefully they'll start popping up. If not, I've already emailed Apple to figure out what the heck is going on and why so many of our episodes are missing because there is a huge chunk of episodes missing. So I'm sorry if you listen on if you listen on Apple Podcast. If you want to keep updated, Spotify is always on point with every single episode. So, but speaking of episode numbers, uh, Gabriel yesterday looked. Uh, he just like looked at me. It was like twelve o'clock at night. He said, yesterday was your anniversary. I said, what, my anniversary? <laughs> so your podcast anniversary. And I was arguing with him. I said, no, it's not. It's in October. He said, no, <laughs> I know. It's on Spotify as September 29th, uh, 2019, because he um, was telling his friend about our podcast and um, oh. looked at, looked up how many episodes we had and saw it was our year anniversary. Uh, but it's October 1st when well which is technically our official I think I had posted it a couple days early to like work out some kinks mm -hmm. but officially October 1st it's our birthday it's our anniversary a whole year (laughs) I can't believe it's been a year time goes by so fast do we know if time is actually speeding up I feel like it is I don't know. Today has been dragging on. I feel like I've been in today for like 18 hours now. Today so. was a pretty long day for me too because I woke up really early. I went to bed really late and woke up really early. Well, early for me. So I had five hours of sleep. But I took a nap. Oh, so dang. it made it seem like today is already like 7 o'clock. <laughs> I feel it. I've been sitting in Zoom classes all day. Ooh. So yeah, that does make the day seem long. It's dragging, and I worked on my story for next week. I'm ahead of the ball. Ooh, look at you! So, I'm excited for next week's episode. So I'm excited too. Right before I went to my trip to Jacob's Well, so ooh, how was that? <laughs> I like spooked myself out. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was kind of worried because I think they're still bought. Okay, so if you guys don't know what Jacob's Well is, it's like I wouldn't call it a well. It's like a hole an area where it's a hole where water comes through into a creek and it's supposed to be one of the most like dangerous diving spots in the world and you need to make reservations because it's on a natural spring right is that why okay yes got a lot of springs around here mm -hmm. so there's a lot of natural water always being like pushed out in this area and the water is freezing cold but it felt so good um and it's considered one of the most dangerous diving spots in the world because people, I think eight or nine people have died trying to dive down in there and getting stuck in the natural caves mm. in within Jacob's Well. So um, it was good. I was expecting to get like weird feelings from it, and I didn't. I was so calm. That is probably the calmest I have ever been in a spot. Mm. So yeah, and my one of my friends was like, hey, make sure you have good energy because that place can be really dark. Because um, I think not all the bodies are retrieved from there. I think last I heard a body was recovered in 2018, but I'm not sure if there's still like skeletal remains stuck in the, the actual cave because it's really dangerous to go and pull them out from mm-hmm. the caves. So I was expecting to get like some sort of weird sensation. We all know I'm super sensitive to all that. And no, I, I was so calm. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. I think I watched a video cam of a diver who did get stuck. But they recovered his video. <laughs> Hold on. Lewis, close the door. Um, yeah, no, there is a video. I think he, I think that's right. Either he snuck in with his scuba gear or that's right before they, like, stopped allowing scuba gear. 
Um, but yeah, no, he got stuck on something and he lost his flipper and he was freaking out. You can see the video on mm-hmm. YouTube for sure. I think if you type in Jacob's well, it's one of the first to pop up. But yeah, Ugh, I can't imagine. That's oh, water and being trapped. No, thank you. Yeah, and it was so strange because I tried to like dive down into the actual like well area because uh, there's rocks you can like jump off of and stuff like pretty high rocks. And I was just like, I'm just going to see if I can swim down normally after I did a couple jumps. So I'm swimming down and I'm, I cannot get down. Like the pressure from the well, it's almost like the well was like telling you don't come down well, here. Because it was sense, just pushing you back yeah, up. Yeah, the water is coming up from the ground. Mm-hmm. So like I was trying to like fight to get like not even like a foot down into this well. And I'm like, fuck it. Like I can't, I can't get in here. So that's why a lot of people, they bring their weighted belts. Like in that video, that guy had to drop his weighted belt because there was just no way. Okay, I just looked it up. It was a 20-year-old from San Antonio that got stuck. I mean, he lived. He almost did not, though. Yeah. So it's super dangerous. Wimberly, man. I'm telling you. That place is so cute. cute, We drove down like the downtown. Something spooky about it. (laughs) (laughs) Something spooky. Yeah. No, it was fun. I really want to make reservations for next year and just have you and Matt and Gabriel and stuff, like, come hang out and chill there because it was really cool. And they kind of limit it to how many people can go there. So it's pretty intimate. Like, you can see the people hiking around you, but they can't go into the water mm-hmm. unless they have approval. So it was cool. I like that it's not crowded. Yeah, they want to preserve the creek and the natural springs and stuff so they they limit and that's why they close it because yesterday was the last day to go swimming so now they're gonna like clean out the area and make sure everything's preserved and make sure everything's okay everything's able to grow back and come back i love it yeah it was neat there was little bluegills like swimming at our feet and stuff because they were coming out from the little tunnels from the wells and Mm -hmm. stuff so it was neat it was really sweet well good i'm glad you had a good time and it was a positive experience yeah that's what i was worried about but I'm glad it was all good. Oh, another housekeeping. We are now on app, uh, Amazon Music. Amazon Music now is allowing podcasts, so we are on that platform. So if you guys want to listen to us there, you can also listen to us there. So Fantastic. I, I just saw also, yeah, I should have reached out to you about that because I did see that Amazon was doing podcasts now. So we are everywhere. Yeah, no excuses to not listen. <laughs> They're like, we're in beta, so keep it on the down low. And then we got posted, so I'm like, well, now everyone knows we're on there, so yay. <laughs> we need a like AM radio station that just puts our <laughs> podcasts on on loops. <laughs> also, Sam had shared on the Murderino group in San Antonio about the Satanic Temple's um, donation yes. drive. And I'm so sorry. I felt like such a creeper or you know th- that movie Wedding Crashers with the the crazy like I'll find you. That's how I felt. Well, because yeah. Sam wasn't returning my text messages, but I was seeing her post on every group imaginable on Facebook. <laughs> so <laughs> I responded to her post in a very public format, and I was like, "Hey, when are we recording? <laughs> Check your text." I swear, I don't get phone notifications. I don't know what is up with my... I've checked my settings like a bazillion times, and I just don't always get notifications. So I had no idea you texted me twice (laughs) until you're like, check your shit. (laughs) So if you can't get a hold of me, tag me on Facebook, and I will (laughs) get that ASAP. I'm sorry to turn this down a little bit. My bad. My laugh is like spiking over here. I'm trying not to (laughs) laugh as much. Ooh, but that was my booze news is um, the Satanic Temple's donation drive, Cozy for Bappy, which I think is a nice thing. <laughs> yeah. They're um, collecting clothing for people who don't have the means to get warm clothing now that it's getting cooler and like personal toiletries and stuff, which everyone always needs, especially those in need. So they run some great, 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 what are they called not fundraisers what are they called drives mm-hmm. yeah yeah donation so. drives uh you can drop off any of your old jackets hoodies sweaters socks gloves masks hand sanitizers and personal hygiene items which women are always in dire need for tampons and pads 
And if you're in San Antonio, you can drop it off at Old Glory Tattoos, Idle Hands Tattoos, Nostalgic Ink, Ink and Iron, Roadmap Brewing Co., Inskeen Yarns, Inskeen, I don't know how to say that, Serial Killer Sweets, was, which I really want to try. Yeah. And then they have a mobile day pickup. But, yeah, I want to try Serial Killer Sweets. I know. I always say I'm going to do, like, their order so that they can drop it off or I can go pick it up. And they always sell out. So, one day. When we have our next Halloween slumber party. We're going to have to stop by for yeah, sure. because you still need to watch Edward Scissorhands. And have you seen The Craft? No, I have not. I'm going to just make a master list. <laughs> I know I'm I'm lacking I, I really don't watch movies I am lacking so if you name a movie I probably have not seen it so I feel like I lack a lot too and I'm trying to be better so we can be better together perfect all right do you have any extras to add I have a lengthy yeah I have a lengthy story stories lengthy episode today no bring on the length <laughs> why did i say that <laughs> bring on the length <laughs> oh my goodness i don't even know where to I'm go sorry. i had something i'm to sorry add. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, um all right y'all for our 50th i had to mention doing an alien episode since a few of y'all really want to hear about extraterrestrials but i mean i'm still gonna do it but I thought we would have like um, aliens for dummies kind of episode and aliens 101 because I need it. I need a rundown of the basics. Um, and I think I shy away from the topic of aliens because it truly contains a vast amount of scientific information. And I'm always unsure if my pea brain can comprehend. <laughs> so Stop. I'm going to do my best today. Um, but, yeah, when I was eating earlier, Gabriel was like, oh, well, what are you going to talk about? I was like, aliens, but there's just so much scientific information about it. And he's just staring at me like, mm, I'm sure there is. Okay. He's like, there is. Because <laughs> the community, just the alien community knows so much. But anyways. What's Gabriel's stance on aliens? He believes in aliens. He's... <laughs> He's like God notes so God notes not so much but aliens for sure. Okay, we're on like on the same page. Yeah, he definitely believes <laughs> in aliens. Um, so we were having you know I'm gonna save it till the end because I have a little tidbit about um alien sightings. So okay. we're gonna jump into it. Um, okay, alien and UFO sightings have dated all the way back to 1440 BC. They've been around for a oh, long shit. time. Well, probably longer than we even have. And UFOs, since this is our Aliens for Dummies episode, uh, UFO refers to a suspected alien spacecraft, although its definition encompasses any unexplained aerial phenomenon, according to History.com. So when they say there's a, or when the military reports a UFO, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an alien spacecraft. It's just an unidentified flying it object. It could be someone's whack-ass droid. Homemade, drone. Or, yeah, homemade <laughs> um, drone. <laughs> but I... Or recently, a Goodyear blimp. Exactly. <laughs> I like to believe all the time that it's aliens, though. Today, however, I'm going to share an ancient encounter the first recorded sighting in the United States and give a rundown on the different types of aliens just to give a foundation for the next episode. Next episode of mine. Because I'm going to do kind of like a... So in two, two weeks. Yeah. This is kind of like my <laughs> cult intro at the beginning of the year. That was fun. Oh, love me some cults. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I give full credit to Mithili the Dreamer's article on Medium... Uh, titled The Strange Story of the Tulip Papyrus. She begins, The human mind loves to dwell on things that border on the surreal that cannot be explained by day-to-day -day logic. One such text that has been mystifying mankind for the last 90 years or so is as below. 
In the year 22 of the third month of winter, the sixth hour of the day among the scribes of the house of life, it was found that a circle of fire was coming in the sky. It had no head. The breath of his mouth emitted a foul odor. Its body was one rod in length and one rod in width. It had no voice. It came toward his majesty's house. The heart became confused through it, and they fell upon their bellies. They went to the king to report it. His majesty ordered that those scrolls located in the house of life be consulted. The majesty meditated on all these events which were going on. So this isn't an ordinary text. The text was written on papyrus that described the sightings of a UFO, of which the Egyptian pharaoh uh, Thutmose III from 1481 BC to 1425 BC was a witness. And for you, those of you, papyrus is paper, like the Egyptian paper. It's like weaved. It's really rough. Mm-hmm. And like, it almost looks like burlap, like really thin. It's not burlap, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Like that kind of like texture-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, known as the Thule papyrus, the pipr- papyrus goes in great detail explaining the structure of the UFO, its size and its impact in the surrounding areas. The papyrus writer called it a circle of fire. The ancient Egyptians were gifted astronomers with deep knowledge of skies and its various phenomena. So, excuse me, it's highly unlikely that they would have mistaken a meteor or a shooting star as a circle of fire. In any case, the text mentions that the objects did not fall far from this or did not fall from the sky, but just remained there, growing bigger and bigger. People have asked could this be the oldest evidence of alien existence we're searching for? Now, here's the whole story, or, well, what we think is the story of the Tully papyrus. This story mm-hmm. starts in 1933 with Alberto Tully, who was the Vatican Museum's Egypt, Egypt director working in Cairo. Once while work, walking through the bazaar, he passed an antique shop where he spotted a piece of ancient papyrus that appeared to date back to about 1480 BC. He tried to buy it, but it was too expensive for him. (laughs) Much like us in Uncommon Objects. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to put this down. So he just sought permission to copy the content and read it at later, or read it later at leisure, which is super smart. What he read later blew his mind. The papyrus described the story of the circle of fire that had descended in ancient Egypt during the reign of Egyptian pharaoh Thutmose III. As he reads on, he had no doubt in his mind that he was reading what he was reading was one of the first authentic writings of a sighting of aliens on Earth. He rushed back to the shop to buy the, papyr- buy the papyrus at any cost, taking the Vatican authorities in confidence. But the papyrus had simply vanished. Two decades later, an Italian nobleman, Prince Boris de Rochwils, brought the, brought the papyrus into the limelight again when he supposedly found a torn version of the pap- papyrus translation among papers left by Alberto. He later claimed that he found the original papyrus and had made a translation of it, although there was some gaps in his text compared to Thule's text. But the fact that the text described fiery disks or fiery circles caused a lot of controversies, especially in the Vatican, which still denies having the papyrus or Thule's original translation in its possession. I don't know. I always I think that the Vatican hi- wants to hide a lot of things. Aliens oh, I'm included. sure they have a lot of stuff hidden. <laughs> However, oh, um, so papyrus paper is made from papyrus plants. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It's like thinly sliced. So just there like you go. cotton shirts are made out of cotton. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus. Just wanted to throw that in there before someone was like, "You idiots!" And oh like, man, I'm pretty <laughs> sure people are driving and just bothered. <laughs> Y'all know what to I know. expect. You know okay? what you're listening to. You know what you're signed up for. <laughs> However, Alberto Tulli became a revered figure for the UFO research groups, with many of them claiming the document as an undeniable source of the existence of extraterrestrial life. The controversial author, Eric von 
Uh, Dynagan also included the Thule papyrus as a credible evidence in his book that make claims about extraterrestrial influences on her on early human culture. The Thule papyrus soon became one of the oldest known human records in which a fleet of flying saucers is described in such vivid detail. A fleet? A fleet. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, there's more fleets in our future. <laughs> oh, I hate that. In 1968, the U.S. Air Force commissioned an investigation into UFOs known as the Con- Condon Report. Looks like Condom Report, so I'm assuming it's Condon. <laughs> and in it, Samuel Rosenberg and Edward Condon investigate the Tule Papyrus. Samuel Rosenberg asked the Vatican for the original document to what he got the following. The Tule Papyrus is not the property of the Vatican Museum. It has disappeared and is no longer traceable. Okay. I mean, wouldn't you keep account of your artifacts? They right. inquired after Tully's papers, only to learn that Tully was not a professional e- Egyptologist at all. In addition, Rochwitz, in a private correspondence, admitted that he had never seen the original document, nor had he seen the original notes of Tully. So in short, he had translated the text from a copy of Tully's text, which may not really guarantee the authenticity of the papyrus. Later, the Vatican, later the Vatican Egyptologist Gianfranco Noli told the Condor Committee that the whole thing was likely a hoax. That's what they want you to believe. Sure, they did. Yeah, <laughs> but the question is: Is it possible the original papyrus might still be existing in the Vatican, hidden from the people? And if so, why? There are no credible answers to the questions until now. With that said, the absence of evidence, notably the unavailability of the original papyrus, the Thule papyrus, will remain a mystery forever. For conspiracy theorists on Reddit and the internet (laughs) to figure out for years to come. So that's just... One of them's got to become the next pope, and then you'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) The next pope better tell us about aliens. Right. Oh, they get kicked out so fast. Yeah, I'm sure that would be detrimental to, detrimental to like, religion and all of the teachings. So it's, yeah, why they keep it hidden. All right. So now let's talk about America's first UFO sighting. And I give the credit to this portion of our episode to history.com because they've just been clutch throughout this whole alien experience (laughs) (laughs) on march 1st 1639 john winthrop opened his diary in which he recorded the trials and triumphs of his fellow puritans as they made a new life in america as the governor of massachusetts bay colony put pen to paper he began to recount a most unusual event that he had recently caused that had caused a stir among the english immigrants winthrop wrote that wrote that early in the year james everell a sober discreet man and two others had been rowing a boat in the muddy river which that's the name not just a muddy river <laughs> oh <laughs> which i was like oh that's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. which well it was because it flowed through swampland and emptied into a tidal basin at the charles river oh, and shit. when they were doing so they saw a great light in the night sky Quote, when it stood still, it flamed up, and it was about three yards square, the governor reported. When it ran, it was contracted into a figure of a swine. So I guess, like, ovalescent? Over the course of... He's just a flying pig. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm like, of all things, a loaf of bread, maybe, I think, might be... A cigar? (laughs) Um... So many things. Cheese. A, a ball? Of cheese that lays. A fucking on pig. The, I'm thinking of all these food <laughs> <laughs> food items over here. <laughs> over the course of two to three hours, the boatman said that the mysterious light ran as swift as an arrow, darting back and forth between them and the village of Charleston, a distance of approximately two miles. Di- diverse other credible persons saw the same light after about the same place winthrop added 
The governor wrote that when the strange apparitions finally faded away, the three Puritans in the boat were stunned to find themselves one mile upstream, as if the light had transported them there. The men had no memory of their rowing against the tide, although it is possible they could have been carried away by the wind or reverse tidal flow. But no, aliens. <laughs> the mysterious repositioning of the boat could suggest that they were unaware of part of their experience. Some researchers would interpret this as a possible alien abduction if it happened today, right? Jacques Ville and Chris Abeck in Wonders in the Sky unexplained aerial objects from antiquity to modern times well i can also see too if they're focused on this weird light not even realizing that you're rowing or doing something you know so yeah um let me see oh this is upstream you know like if it were if you're in a frenzy downstream i could understand that that'd be obviously the river took you down Mm mm-hmm but maybe if you're like freaking out, like thinking you're gonna chase it to figure it out, and you don't, I don't. You're so fixated. See, you're like, so fixated on it. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. You will not catch me trying to get closer. <laughs> <laughs> Some have speculated that the curious glow could have been an ignis fatus. I think I'm saying that right. F a t. The fuck F-A-T-U-U-S. is that? A pale light that can appear over marshland at night due to the combustion of gas from decomposed organic matter. Like the Borealis in Alaska? Is it Antarctica? due to... Is it Antarctica or Alaska? Is it due to, like, the um, combustion of gases? The northern lights are actually the result of a collision between gases particle, gaseous particles in the Earth's atmosphere with charged particles released from the sun's atmosphere. Variation in colors are due to the type of gas particles that are colliding. So, yeah, gas, too. Maybe not the exact same, but... The gas contributes to the light. Well, the more you know. So, it was Alaska. I wasn't that far off. I wasn't even (laughs) contributing, because I'm like... (laughs) So, back to the combustion of gas. This would be correct if the light was not rising from the swamp but shooting across the sky, making the unexplanation explanation unlikely. So the lights mm, weren't okay. coming up. They were, like, you know, aliens do, like UFOs do. Zigzagging. In an odd sight returned to the skies of Boston five years later, according to another entry in Winthrop's diary, dated January 18th, 1644, about midnight, three men coming in... A boat to Boston saw two lights arise out of the water near the north point of the town cove, in form like a man, and went at a small distance to the town and so to the south point and there vanished away. A week later, Winthrop Rope, another unexplained celestial event occurred over the Boston Harbor. A light like the moon arose from the northeast point in Boston and met the former at Noddle's Island, and there they closed in one, and then they parted, and closed and parted diverse times, and so went over the hill and the island and vanished. Sometimes they shot out flames and sometimes sparkles. This was about eight of the clock in the evening and was seen by many. Isn't that kind of like your experience where they're shifting? Yeah, they were moving and weird, like rotating and changing they were so weird but sparkles a sparkly ufo well when i think of their accounts of fire and sparks and other metaphors that they use i have to remind myself that this was before a time when they saw airplanes in the sky or lights in the sky their light source was predominantly fire and light Mm, you know to get their light it's not like they had experience seeing electrical lights. You know what I mean? So that's that was their yeah. frame of reference on how to describe what they were seeing. So instead of sparkles, maybe like light reflecting? That's what I'm thinking. We, yeah, the light reflecting. Yeah. Or maybe from the moon or alien spacecrafts being so far advanced. Obviously, they're 
flying in the sky that they already have lights on them but they don't know how to describe lights in the sky it's fire in the sky yeah that makes sense or maybe they weren't as advanced yet as what we consider now so maybe they did have like (laughs) you know how like uh rocket ships have like those actual like they blast off with the fire maybe (laughs) (laughs) and then his account continues about the same time, a voice was heard above the water between Boston and Dorchester, calling out in a most dreadful manner, Boy, boy, come away, come away. And it suddenly shifted from one place to another a great distance, about 20 times. It was heard by diverse godly persons. About 14 days later, this same voice in the same dreadful manner was heard by others and the other side of, on the other side of town Nord, towards Nodal's Island. Noddles Island. Unlike the 1639 UFO, Winthrop had ex- had an explanation for the latest luminescence over the city upon the hill. The governor noted that the bizarre spectacle was seen near the location where a vessel captained by Jan Chaddock had exploded months earlier, after a sailor accidentally ignited gunpowder aboard the ship. The captain was not aboard at the time, but the blast killed five crew members. Winthrop noted that the rescuers had recovered the bodies of all the victims, except for the man believed responsible for the calamity, a sailor who professed the ability to communicate with the dead and who was suspected of murdering his master in Virginia. The hand of the devil was thought to have taken possession of the body, and it was the haunting voice of the sailor's ghost that was said to have accompanied the strange vision of yield of UFO. <laughs> That's how they described <laughs> it. That mystified Boston, which is kind of interesting, and it has a twist of spookiness, too. Because when I was yeah. reading at first about the, the voice shouting, I'm like, mm, this seems more paranormal than than aliens you know why would aliens mm-hmm. be shouting that unless to mimic a human being yeah but it's interesting i like the idea of a possessed um <laughs> possessed man better <laughs> yeah and i guess they could use this to justify because i'm sure the gunpowder was so hot that it just automatically like, cremated cream why did i say it like that automatically cremated this guy because i can't even imagine how hot gunpowder that close Mm -hmm. of a range would get so yeah but i thought it would be fun to touch on ancient sightings and like encounters here in the united states because there were similarities similarities on how they were described you know with fire fire Mm -hmm. in the sky um and that kind of gives like an early historical um vision of earlier encounters because once you get to like the 1900s like encounters are more in de- like described in detail they're more personal yeah um with this it's encounters from far away um but let's see alien taxonomy in itself away from ufos have have expanded well beyond you know the years of marvin the martian and you know little cartoons (laughs) that we would watch so i felt it was important to end on going over the types of aliens to prime us for the episodes i have in store oh boy so the toronto is um a news site in toronto canada collaborated with ufo specialist chris rusak and a psychic channeler charlie kundalini to give a breakdown of the types of aliens can you name any aliens before we start i don't know like types i don't know how that goes but i know people have reported seeing gray ones and green ones and all that i don't think i know like their classes and subclasses and all that (laughs) don't worry I don't either. (laughs) This is the 101 basics. See, that's what I was saying. It's so... Maybe scientific isn't the word. There's so many nuances to (laughs) knowing about aliens and their types. And I know I'm just brushing on the surface. So if if you are an alien expert, please let us know. And you're... Yeah, just please let us know. Please educate us because <laughs> this is like um, 
Oh, maybe we should write a children books on children book on the type of aliens because this is what I feel like I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down. So cute. We should try. Anyways, and we can do an adult version with ET's dick oh, fingers. No, no, no. You can do that version. <laughs> uh, I would have nightmares for days. All right, so you did mention Grays, right? So Gray is the first mm-hmm. one, one of the only, like one of the first ones I heard of. So Grays are gray-skinned and glassy-eyed. These are the aliens you'll most often see on the silver screen, which is surprisingly, which is, uh, what did I write? Which is surprising because the most accounts, they're hideous. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I was like, what did I write? Yeah, so Grays are what you would see on in movies but from accounts of people they're not like that according to rusak grays reproduce via cloning and their mission on earth is to create a gray human hybrid that can reproduce sexually and thus perpetuate the existence of their species so they're the ones doing the kidnapping and at night which we'll get to that later like later (laughs) later episode not today (laughs) yeah and then there are nordics while they get their name from their resemblance to scandinavians these aliens actually hail from the pleiades star cluster pleiades yeah i think i said that right kind-hearted spiritually advanced creatures rusak claims that nordic aliens literally exist on a higher metaphysical dimension than ours their mission on earth is largely that of goodwill if I were to meet any of these aliens, Nordics would be number one on my list. Yeah, they sound they nice. Sound nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm mistaken, but I think there might be some uh, Nazi theories along with Nordics with white supremacies, oh, white supremacists. But I will look into that too. See, this we're laying the groundwork for the world of aliens because there's just so much going on there. Then we have the tall whites. Uh, not that much is known about this group, except that they're tall, white, and crazy <laughs> about Earth culture, which I think this is hilarious. Um, you can consider these the... <laughs> my bad jokes. You, sorry, the dogs are barking. <laughs> so you can consider these like the Earth stands out of all the types. Um, while the elder entities can grow up to 10 feet the younger ones actually blend in quite well. So Matt could be one. I was just thinking, I'm like, Matt's a fucking... <laughs> He's a tall white. <laughs> that could be his code name. If you don't want him to know we're talking about you, just be like, the tall white has entered. No, <laughs> he would know. <laughs> he would know it's him. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's not in the room anymore. You're good. I know. I'm just saying sorry out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. With all the fishing... Fifth. Wow, fishing, not fisting. (laughs) (laughs) The fishing jokes I make about him. Poor Matt. Um, Oh, so according to Rusak, all of you have seen a tall white at some point. You usually see them, Kundalini ads, in casinos, theaters, and conferences. (laughs) And their favorite city is Vegas. Fucking Vegas. It has all the casinos, theaters, and conferences. I just think it's so funny how, like, the conferences of all places. And then we have reptilians. While they are initially lizard-like in appearance, these creatures employ molecular shape-shifting and laser holograms to take any form. Add powers of telepathy and invisibility, and you've got a force to be reckoned with. According to Rusak, reptilians see the Earth as their outpost, they want, to, they want complete control over it because their planet is becoming unable to support life. Conspiracy theorist David Icke fears that reptilian humanoids are secretly transforming the Earth into a global fascist state. But Kundalini claims these aliens are no match for our chi force, which is basically our energy of life itself. And I love the theories of politicians being reptilians because I think mm-hmm. I feel better knowing that they aren't human so i can like regain my faith in humanity um that just makes me feel better in some weird way but 
<laughs> yeah, but okay. So if that was the theory, this Earth is slowly falling apart and because of them, just becoming it makes destroyed. Sense. They destroyed their last planet, and they're here destroying ours. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right? It makes sense. Well, I'm just thinking on the terms. If we're the ones destroying our planet, why would they want to take over this one if it's slowly going to become like their planet? You know. I just don't think they're very. I'm I'm afraid to talk shit about these aliens. <laughs> I'm just because po- poking I'm holes. Saying, maybe they're not that smart. <laughs> oh, they're gonna hear you, and they're gonna come back, and they're good to your blimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be afraid of blimps now. <laughs> Ugh, okay, moving on. Before I freak myself out, we have the <laughs> Anunnaki. So. Who knew that the gods of ancient Mesopotamia were actually migrant alien alien laborers from the last lost planet of Nibiru? <laughs> this one's a little more far fetched, in my opinion, but just a little, just bit. little bit. Originally sent to this earth to mine for gold, the extraterrestrials quickly got sick of their work. Their solution, according to crypto scholar Zakarian Sitchin, was to crossbreed their DNA with primitive humans and forge a race of slaves. In this manner, many in the UFO community, community believe human civilization was born. So instead of Adam and Eve starting everything, they think it was these um, migrant aliens. Aliens? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, this is why the Vatican is hiding all of their proof. <laughs> and then we have the Andromedons. 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 <laughs> we have these things. Energy beings from the Andromeda galaxy. These guys are so high up in the cosmic chain of being that they no longer require a physical body. Their food, according to Rusak, is nothing less than truth itself. However, they're still not above meddling in our affairs. From their lofty perch aboard a giant invisible mothership, somewhere in our stratosphere, the Andromedons stand guard over us, earthlings, and do and do battle with unseen dark forces. So this kind of seems like God, you know? Like a form of spiritual being um, you know what is it gardens of the galaxy 2 those uh those the ones that are all dressed in gold mm-hmm. and that's what i'm getting vibes from like they're royal high up yeah you know when they all in gold when they feel like having a body yeah that that's what i'm picturing them yeah, as i could see that all right last one I wouldn't say best for last. I would not say that at all. But the last one <laughs> is insectoids, which you can guess what those are. Bug people. Oh, no. Giant, super intelligent bugs from outer space, which um, the guys from, um, oh, my God, Toronto. The guys from Toronto did not have too much to say about them, which... All I'm going to say is out of all of these types listed, these are the ones I want to encounter the least. <laughs> Reminds me of District 9. You you didn't like District 9, huh? I didn't watch all of it. Yeah. I love District 9. I have to rewatch it. Yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you will. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. See? We're I don't know if you'll like it because they're... Be better at watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but... According to Kundalini, who claims to have had many encounters with alien entities, spotting ETs is really just a matter of opening your mind. He says, if someone tells me that they've never seen a UFO, the question I ask is, do you want to see one? Psychic intent is something he believes most aliens, being telepathic, can sense. So if you broadcast your willingness to be visited, they just might hear you. which this is what i was talking about earlier with when me and gabriel were talking about it before recording i i told him that i said well according to you know this article i read if you want to see one then you just have to really want it because they can they can sense it and he said well it's like people who believe in ghosts 
have seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in ghosts, you're going to see a ghost. I'm like, but I, that's not me. I don't believe that at all. I've se- and he's like, well, have you seen a ghost? I'm like, I've seen one thing, maybe. And he's like, I'm not asking about this. I'm asking like, yes or no. <laughs> I don't know how to answer it. But I believed in them before I saw it, whatever I saw. So his theory does not stand. <laughs> Well, now, anytime you're outside and there's, like, a big open sky, just be like, I don't believe. I don't believe. It's like um, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Like, I don't believe in spooks. I don't believe in spooks. (laughs) Um, But if you are interested in all the things Kundalini and Rusak had to say, they have a meetup group in Toronto called Alien UFOs in in Outer and Inner Space. They gather every other Friday to discuss extraterrestrial phenomenon and engage in a sky watch, weather, weather permitting. Admission is free and open to the public. But I don't think, I checked meetup.com and I don't think they've had a meetup due to COVID in a really long time. Or like since COVID started. I'm glad they're not uh, mingling with a bunch of other alien believers. They're social distancing and being safe. Yeah. Uh, So, um, San Antonio has a mutual UFO network. I think I'm in one of their groups. (laughs) Or I've been to, like, an event or something. It was, like, a Christmas, the Krumpus event at Blue Star. I went just for the hell of it, and I think that they were there. Oh, goodness. I'm going to have to dig into it and see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure wherever you are in your nearest bigger city, you can find, like, an alien meetup if or alien enthusiast meetup if you are so inclined to do so. Oh, it's a MUFON. Isn't MUFON going through? Wasn't the lead guy just busted for a bunch of bad shit recently? I have no idea. I, the, like child pornography or something? I, I do not know. I'm going to have to look into that and give you guys an yeah, update. Yeah, please do. I'm, when I say my alien knowledge is at a minimum, I mean it. <laughs> I just know um, the aliens broke up Blink-182. And I have yet to recover know, from that. aliens. Isn't he in another band now? I think he's just dedicating... I thought he dedicated his life to UFOs. Matt was saying Tom someone else was in another band. And he's like, how many bands is this guy in? I have to remember He does is, have a lot but... of bands. Or they have a lot of side projects. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. I miss the Ridge. <laughs> I mean, I saw them in concert last year. And they were very, very good still. And then they did throw a bunch of alien blow-ups... <laughs> in the um in the audience which is really cool that's cute i actually just got a notification on um my memories for facebook i think four years ago now it's been since we went to their concert let me see uh but we saw them like right after they swapped to the other dude Mm. yeah it was four years ago dang four years ago dang at the forum in inglewood california I miss concerts. Oh my god, I don't even want to think about it. I know, I miss them so much. I was supposed to see My Chemical Romance last night. Oh, I know. know. It's been a rough week for me. I know, that's how I felt when the date for Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer passed, and I was like, now I have to wait till fucking April, which at this rate, I don't even know if that's going to happen, but whatever. I don't know, man. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, happy thoughts or else I'm going to be depressed (laughs) (laughs) we'll find a cure we'll find a vaccine (laughs) we'll find a vaccine just gotta put it out there law of attraction law of attraction oh well that's it for my episode today thank you now I'm scared of getting probed again the worst why I just don't think I'm about it. Take a nap after this, and it's gonna be all fucking aliens. You just gotta put those vibes out there, like aliens. This is do not. This is not. This, you're not invited. This is not an. 
not an alien probe zone. <laughs> I love that. <sighs> but also, since we are towards the end of our episode, we are putting a hold on mortuary updates until further notice. You will know. I know Sam has given us an update on what's going on in school. So when it happens, it happens. And yeah, it's just a hot we're just mess right now. So a bunch of good vibes to Sam in the school year. Thank you. I, I need them. <laughs> and what? Oh, you need them? Yeah. It's been right. I need them. I'm like, maybe I should skip today. And then I'm like, no, I can't skip. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll skip today. Don't so do it. that's my mindset right now. I'm just not like invested. Like, I'm invested, but I'm just so over everything that I'm just like, Ugh. there's a lot of changes, a lot of new stuff happening. Definitely. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning in to episode 52. You can find us on all our socials at P-O-O-Z podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And if you go to our Instagram at booze podcast, all one word, you can find a link to our link tree. And that'll take you to our merch, our Facebook page, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It'll take you to everything. everything. You so you need. can check us out there too. Everything you need yep. is in one spot. Nice and easy. So easy. No excuses. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, y'all. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Stay boozy. I can't reach the stop.